Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Wake up! The Early Line. Line up! All right, here we go. Hour number two coming your way on the grid, sportsgrid.com. It's the early line. I'm Joe Ranieri, joined by Jared Smith as we look to get you caught up here with uh, with what is going to be a great week, certainly from a college basketball perspective. Once we get to March, and here we are on a Monday, March the 2nd, yeah, we all know what's coming around. We've got multiple conference tournaments uh, getting ready to get started this week. In fact, tomorrow we're going to have uh, actually uh, quite a few. Uh, the Atlantic, uh, the Atlantics, a lot of the mid-major and lesser conferences that you guys, all these other conferences you're not, you've heard about, but you're not really sure. But, you know, teams like there's an interesting uh, team in that Atlantic Sun there, Joe. At Liberty. Yeah, uh, there you go, baby. Yeah, this is there's some there's some action. Big South Horizon, I believe. Uh, Patriot League, Mountain West, the Northeast, Ohio Valley, the Mo Valley, Missouri Valley, West Coast, Southern. Uh, We're giving out bids this week. We're giving yeah, out five bids yep. this weekend. Yep, yep. It's going to be uh, huge, guys. And, uh, and a word of caution, and we'll talk more about this coming up during the hour. If you are somebody who does not uh, follow a certain conference, like, let's say, the Atlantic Sun or the, you know, the A-10, whatever it is, um, do not pretend like you've been following them the entire year and and start going for broke because you're seeing some favorites or you're seeing some things and, and teams that you've heard about and you didn't realize they were in the Big South, but you're like, oh, that team is... Do not pretend to be a professional and to have this great knowledge about a conference because the tournament is here and you've got a lower seed playing a higher seed. Don't get yourself caught up with any of that. Just keep it here. We'll point you in the right direction. Because degenerates like us, uh, unfortunately, we have nothing better to do but to follow things like the West Coast, the Missouri Valley, the Ohio Valley. Uh, and usually it's because that's where the most value lies, because the public doesn't know where any of these teams are. And has they only think it's the ACC, isn't it? I've heard of SEC. <laughs> There's a lot of value created uh, in these conference tournaments for the mid-majors. Ten of them coming up. We'll start breaking those down for you. Plus, we'll take a look at the remaining games in the NBA, a little XFL uh, review, and, of course, now Dan Strafford joining us with the headlines from overnight on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Well, it is finally March. Let the madness begin, or well after this crazy regular season in college basketball, let the madness continue. We don't have bids as of yet for regular season champs, but Kentucky holds off number 15 Auburn to clinch the SEC title over the weekend. Sunday was fun day for many in the NBA. Giannis and Teddy Kumpel went for 40 and 20, 41 points. 20 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal. 17 of 28 from the field as the Bucks beat the Hornets 93-85. to LeBron James proved he was king still over Zion. Williamson, 34 points, 12 rebounds, 13 assists as LeBron led the Lakers without Anthony Davis into New Orleans for the 122-114 win over the Pell. Zion Williamson, 35 points, 7 rebounds in the loss. Christoph Porzingis 
continues his strong play at the 5-4. The Dallas Mavericks, 38 points, 13 boards, as the Mavs beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, 111-91. In the NFL, the Cincinnati Inquirer reports the Bengals plan to franchise tag free agent A.J. Green if a long-term deal isn't reached. Long-term talks with Green have stalled due to the CBA negotiations that are ongoing. There are rumors around that Green wants out of Cincinnati. According to the Athletics' Paul Denner, the Bears, quote, have been in touch with the Bengals about acquiring Andy Dalton. ESPN Boston's Mike Rice believes nothing has definitively changed regarding Tom Brady's future with the Pats. Out at the Combine on Sunday, Utah's Javelin Guidry ran an official 4.29 second 40-yard dash. He was the only quarterback to cornerback to run a sub 4-3 time. And in Major League Baseball, Jacob Junis of the Royals won't make his scheduled start Tuesday due to a minor lower back strain. The Royals are saying this is simply precautionary. And ace starter Jesus Luzardo recorded three strikeouts over three scoreless frames in Cactus League start versus an Indian split squad on Sunday. I'm Dan Strapper and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, definitely big, big week here for uh, college basketball fans. NBA continues to uh, chug along here. Some interesting games tonight. We'll uh, we'll finish recapping uh, for you coming up. But do want to take a look at uh, the weekend that was quickly. Uh, Honda Classic, we mentioned uh, last week, we were talking about it. The Honda Classic is a tournament where bombs are, uh, are pretty much coming into Uh, into the winner's circle, where I think four of the last seven years, there have been triple, at least a triple-digit winner. And eight of of the last eight years, eight out of eight, you've had at least a triple-digit odds. Anybody 101, uh, you know, and over has cashed in the top three. It happened again in the tournament yesterday as Sung J.M. wins the tournament at 20 years old, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's something right there. First uh, tournament win. He was rookie of the year on the tour last year. So, but he was 28 to one leading into the tournament. Um, the kid Hughes, Mackenzie Hughes from Canada, was a 400 to one. Wow, that's 400 to one. Barely made the cut. Made the cut on the number. Shot four under in the final round on Sunday, Joe. 66, 66. He goes on Saturday and wow. Sunday. He finishes one stroke behind. That's a huge payday, but that's a huge. If whoever might have had him in the top five, oh, my word. There was some money to be made there. And I know there were a couple of guys that had uh, a couple of a couple of Canadian guys just took a flyer on him at 400 to one. Uh, and you know exactly who those guys might have been. And yeah, <laughs> uh, that had to be. Mm, I wonder who those two guys could have been. <laughs> oh, poor Cam Stewart had to be throwing things watching that take place. So. Uh, fun tournament. XFL also, though, you've got a situation where I don't think there are any more undefeated teams in the XFL through four weeks now. We watched the Vipers kind of dismantle, yeah. um, which would, yeah, I didn't see that coming. The nope. Houston team also, Dallas Renegades uh, get uh, get down by the Roughnecks there, 27 to 20. Uh, they remain, I believe, the only undefeated team, right, at 4-0. That game went under. It covered, but it went under the total of 51. So we finally got to see an under, especially with Houston, who had gone 3-0 and to the over. So there was finally some regression there. But I don't know that anybody saw the Vipers uh, shutting out. Uh, the D.C. team was a little strange there. Obviously went under, but there were two big, let's face it, the, the Vipers and you know New York all of a sudden find the Guardians 
find themselves in the win column. Uh, that was a crazy game also on Saturday. So the XFL proven that even if you're that bad, you can still take down any team at any given moment. Yeah, and I was surprised uh, a little bit by that Tampa Bay Viper score, but I'll be perfectly honest with you with the XFL. I am not impressed with this league. I'm not impressed with the product. Through four weeks, the unders are 11-5, and five, which means the yep. games are really slow. And I looked at a, a split screen th- uh, this morning of through four games, through four weeks, the XFL statistics of all the games, okay. the AAF statistics, they're and? basically mirror images of each other. Wow. It's the same wow. league, guys. It's the same talent level. It's the same league. Rules be damned. Whatever rules the XFL has put into place, they're not affecting anything. They're, they're, these are just average football games with below-average talent. And the XFL has a big problem on their hands. They have not differentiated this league through four weeks. And now we're in March, and now you've got to go up against the NCAA tournament every weekend. Forget it. The XFL is not going to sustain any type of ratings windfall. It's only going to go down. The product has not been strong. Personally, I don't find any. I don't see a lot of angles with betting these games. Maybe if you have literally nothing else to do on a Saturday or Sunday. But that's not true. You have lots Mm -hmm. to do. You have college basketball in the peak of their season. If you are somebody that needs football that badly, just watch the combine replays. I, I just like yeah. I, I just don't think that this league is any like I, I'm not in, interested at all. Like nothing intrigues me about the league anymore after four weeks. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting enough to me that yes, while the ratings are going to, they're going to fluctuate, guys. Certainly, and and we'll wait for the numbers to come out here. And and we knew it kind of it's. Of course, steadily gone down, uh, but they do have TV deals in place, which kind of separates it a little bit. However, the amount of people buying tickets and going to these games is mind-blowing to me when you look at the stands and you look that they're selling 10,000, 12,000, 15,000. I mean, those people at the Guardians game, like, you got to be kidding me, man. First of all, it, it looked like it was freezing below cold. zero. It looked freezing bitter cold, but... Man, there are people, I could not believe how many people were going to these games all weekend, proving that some markets, they're starved for football, man. Yeah, and, I uh, guess. I don't know. I'm looking at the numbers go. right now, Joe. Yards per play, AAF, through four weeks, 5.1 yards per play. XFL, 5.1 okay. yards per play. Wow. Net yards per pass attempt, 5.9, 5.9. Wow. Passing wow. attempts, the same. Rushing average, rushing yards per attempt, 4.0 AAF. Wow. 4.1 wow. XFL. The numbers are literally identical. I'm looking at it right now. If you were to blind resume them, there's no way you'd be able to tell one from the other. They are literally the same exact numbers through four weeks. Wow. And we all know how things worked out for the AAF. Now, That's I think the cr- money yeah. is more. I think the money is there for the XFL. I don't think the same thing will happen to the XFL that happened to the AAF. But the, the product is clearly the same. Right. Right. It's not. It hasn't done a great job of different from a numbers standpoint. May, the, the new rules, the new uh, the new way of going about this numbers game. Numbers don't lie. Uh, you know, the numbers are the numbers. If you were expecting a high-scoring league and this was going to be like uh, like the arena football Yeah, league, or it, like a, a wrestling not. match in on, right. on the field. Like, it's not. Right. Like, it's just not. It's just not. the coaches are very blasé. Mm-hmm. And the players, the, the talent level, there's really only a few players that you're like, oh, this guy can really play. And the numbers, uh, you know, it, they're literally the exact same numbers. It's fat. It really was. I was surprised, but when you think about it, maybe not that surprised. 
Yep, good stuff. Guardians, Battlehawks, Roughnecks, Vipers are your winners. Week four of the XFL. We'll start taking a look at week five. Plus tonight, a couple of those college games, the line movement. Who's making the biggest moves right now? We'll talk about that next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Exciting time of year here on, especially right now. It's March, March 2nd. Here we are on a Monday, 2020, and uh, it's all about college basketball. Let's face it here. Brackets are coming. Conference championships are coming. uh, And tonight, we got a couple of games that are coming your way here and some interesting market movement on both of these games. Uh, When you look at that NC State-Duke game, we told you guys that this is a, you know, they fell to Virginia over the weekend, 52 to 50, that being Duke. They were three and a half point favorites. So the the problem that I see happening tonight for betters is that we have this idea that Duke is just the greatest team in the world. And they are every time they lose a game, they are due for a big bounce out win and a blowout. Now, mind you, they've been pretty profitable over the years in that kind of situation coming off a loss. But um, there seems to be some overvaluing baked into this number here because of the revenge factor, because of what North Carolina State did to them, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the biggest blowout ever. Now, they came back the next game, of course. I think it was Cle- they They played somebody and just absolutely destroyed them, Duke. But I think people need to... You got to be careful here because this opened up at 13 and a half, 14 in some places. I'm seeing it dropping down to 12 and a half. So uh, it looks like the Sharps recognized some overvaluing baked into this line. It's starting to come back uh, that way towards NC State. And we told you guys earlier, you know, we think this is going to be a, a, a game in the 80s and 70s for both of these teams. So we like the over in it. But I, I understand why the movement is coming down. They were six and a half point dogs back on February 9th, NC State, when they played Duke at home. Now, of course, they are on the road. Duke's got, in fact, I think Ken Palm's got this game where Duke is winning by 12 points, 82 to 70. Well, 82 to 70 is more than 151 uh, for a total here. So to me, I'm still on the over in this game. I like the over a lot in this game, Joe. And, and, like I said uh, during our first hour, I think if I had to pick the side, I would lean Duke. I don't have a strong opinion on the side. I do think that Duke is going to try to put the hammer down tonight if they can. And offensively, they've been pretty good. You know, that, that mm-hmm. game against Virginia side, we throw that game out in Charlottesville because that's just a different animal you're dealing with uh, with the Cavaliers uh, in that specific environment. But I think Duke's offense has been relatively good this season. NC State's defense has been poor. They're outside of the top 50 uh, in adjusted defense, and Duke owes them one. So I I wouldn't be surprised if Duke won by 30 tonight. 
that's wouldn't correct. be surprised if NC State covered the number, but I do like the overplay. I think that's the only way to really touch this game. I do think also a lot of those same caveats also work for the Baylor-Texas Tech game, sure. guys. you got a Texas Tech team that is – uh, on a revenge spot here, having lost to Baylor, we told you uh, on January 7th, 57 to uh, to 50. They are not a great ATS team going up against what is a really good ATS team in Baylor. Uh, so there's a lot of contrarian value here. They were 11 and a half point home favorites against Texas over the weekend, and they lost tech, uh, Texas Tech. So now you got people going, well, Baylor, same type of thing, ought to bounce back. They've lost two out of their last three. Well, this opened up at eight in a lot of places, and I'm already starting to see seven and a halves pop up all over. So there is definitely, it looks like the pros are looking at this going, again, don't over, don't overvalue Baylor in this spot and don't undervalue Texas Tech in this spot. It's still a conference game, teams that know each other, Programs that have already played one another. Yeah, this uh, the Sharps are basically telling you here, don't be running to the window and dropping all your money on Baylor simply because you think there's a bounce-back spot here. There's a lot going on with both of these teams. And if you like the under, you're actually getting a little bit more uh, value yep. here because this line is going up. I'm seeing yep. 130 and a half at Westgate, which is, in my yep. mind, the sharpest book in Vegas. So this opened at 128. And mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised... If Texas Tech, I mean, this is basically their super. I don't think they're going to beat Kansas. Uh, I, I think Kansas is playing much better than Baylor right now. So I, I'd be shocked if they beat Kansas uh, later this week. I think this is their one shot to spring one of these big upsets. Uh, and yeah. and, and Baylor's, Baylor can be had. If, if you can figure out a way to keep them off the glass, Baylor can be had. And Texas Tech, I know they're freshmen, so they might be a little outmuscled in this game. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech put forth the big effort coming off of two straight road losses or two straight losses. I think one of them was yep. on like a neutral court. Uh, I think they played Oklahoma in Oklahoma City. So I guess yep. it was kind of like a road game, but not really. Um, it, it, so I wouldn't be surprised coming off of those two uh, tough games, uh, those two tough losses to Oklahoma and Texas, if, if Texas Tech uh, put forth the really strong effort tonight. And, and I think Baylor showed that they can be scored on a little bit against TCU, and, and, and we'll see yep. if they can short things up. Uh, but the fact that we're seeing a little bit of movement to the over here makes me a little hesitant to just jump on, jump in on the under. Yep. Uh, but I think Texas Tech plus the points might be an intriguing play. Uh, I, I don't see Baylor blowing many teams out right now. I think their offense is going to struggle uh, in the tournament as well. I think Baylor might be one of those one seeds that 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 could get you know could be on upset alert early if they struggle to score. Yep, and uh, I can tell you also some of the uh, movers in the NBA tonight. Uh, one game that uh, seems to be getting a lot of love is the Atlanta Hawks uh, certainly seem to be getting a lot of love at home, taking on the Memphis Grizzlies, wow. who had a big upsetting win against the uh, Lakers there over the weekend. And uh, the Grizzlies now find themselves as a two-point underdog. Opened up as minus one. The Hawks are at home. I'm seeing minus two in a lot of places. The total also creeping up from 238 and a half. I'm now seeing 239 and 240s in a lot of spots. So uh, this is a game that, uh, ironically enough, is getting an awful lot of the Hawks are getting some early love here tonight in this uh, in this spot. And I'm looking at the spread tickets and they're they're just about 50 50. But for it to be going towards Memphis here or going towards uh, Atlanta, rather, 
that tells me the bigger bets are backing the Atlanta Hawks in this one tonight. I like Atlanta. I mean, I, I had a nice win uh, on on Atlanta on Saturday against the Nets. Uh, I, I thought that they, or excuse me, against the Blazers, I thought, and they also beat the Nets as well the night before. So it was back-to-back wins for Atlanta uh, over over Brooklyn and over Portland. And Memphis is kind of a similar team. Memphis is struggling a little bit right now. I know they yep. had that big win over the Lakers, uh, but that was kind of an anomaly in what's been a, a, a rough patch here for this young Grizzlies team. And this is a Grizzlies team that needs to stay consistent. We're seeing John Morant kind of hit that wall Dylan Brooks had a big night for them against the Lakers the other night, and that's why they won. But I, I, I can, I can see, I can see this Grizzlies team really fading down the stretch. They kind of showed their hand a little bit with what they did—the move with Iguodala and Crowder—and I think that kind of lessened them more than they thought. Like they thought that it was going to help them to get rid of these guys, and I know Iguodala didn't play, but it was still one of those moves that, you know, all right, well, this is the team now. Let's see what you can do. And I think Memphis right. has, has had some injuries: Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark. You know, these are big, you know, rotation pieces for them that have been knocked out with injuries. And I think now it's really starting to take its toll where John Morant is not that kind of player where he can carry a team on his back. He needs help. He needs help. And and I don't know if Dylan Brooks is that guy. I, I think Atlanta's playing really good basketball right now. And they're another one. You know, we talk about these teams, Cleveland, the Knicks, that are undervalued. They had rough first halves. Memphis had a really good first half. They're in the eighth spot right now in the West. But Atlanta's a good team, and they're good at home. And I, I really like the Hawks tonight. Yeah, they had uh, Grizzlies had uh, been on a five-game losing streak prior to that win against L.A. over the weekend. Uh, so they have been a struggling team. It was a great win. It, it finally came together. And I know, you know, John Morant uh, had, was chirping last week. He was not happy about it. So uh, very young teams got to go through the growing pains, kind of what you saw happening there. And uh, the Hawks. Uh, they've been doing pretty good here since the All-Star break. They've now won uh, two games in a row. To me, the offense really starting to click. You John Collins has been great. Yeah, you throw 141 points up against the Nets, and all of a sudden, you, you know, this is that's what we know them to be, Atlanta. They are going to be a team that can drop 130 on you on a consistent basis, guys, uh, when those guys are on. So it'll be interesting to see how Memphis – responds now after was that kind of the you know the the win that they needed in order to bring back the confidence and now maybe they can roll uh they got to go back on the road in atlanta and it looks like atlanta is certainly getting the love here tonight in this game the total 239 and a half i'm seeing here and it you know was at 238 now it's at 239 and a half i get both of these teams can score points but even if Atlanta drops a hundred, how much do we trust Memphis to be able to get the job done and contribute enough to get it uh, over that 240 mark? A lot of things don't have to go wrong, guys. For a total of 240 or more, a lot of things don't have to go, uh, you know, wrong in order for you to all of a sudden go, wow, we're not going to make 240. I mean, a, a three-minute stretch of a team going cold and you're not hitting 240. I, I mean, a lot of things got to go your way in order to be able to get that to happen. One mediocre quarter, basically. I'll tell you what, yeah. Atlanta might be my play of the day tonight. I, I, I Looking at some of these games on the college board tonight that I don't love. Love it. And I, I really like the way Atlanta's been playing a lot. And yep. I, the fact that Memphis is coming off that win over the Lakers, who are the best team in the West and maybe the best yep. team in the NBA. And not only did Atlanta open as a favorite, but the line's moving towards them. Very strong bullish trend towards the Hawks tonight. Yeah, Portland taking on Orlando tonight. Also seeing some movement to the total. Opened up at 223.5. I'm seeing 222s yeah. now. 
that number coming down. Minus seven, pretty much staying the same there. A lot of the, pretty much 50-50 across the board there between Orlando and Portland tonight. Orlando has found something here. All of a sudden, uh, they are putting up points. They are actually winning games. Portland still trying to figure out how to get the job done without Damian Lillard. Seven points, Orlando at home, seven-point favorite. It's a, it's a bit of a head-scratcher, I'm not going to lie. That's a lot of points for an Orlando team that in history has not necessarily at home. A lot of money on the Blazers, too. Trendy dog. Blazers are a trendy dog tonight. Over 80% of the action on Portland so far. Yep. It's going to be interesting. Of course, the big game tonight is going to be Milwaukee Bucks, Miami Heat. We'll get you covered on the rest of the lineup, plus some of these conference championships starting tomorrow. We'll do that next year on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. So, uh, major college basketball conferences, uh, the big boys, the ACC, SEC, of course, Pac-12. They don't begin their postseason tournaments until next week. However, uh, teams like San Diego State and Gonzaga and some of these uh, mid-major programs and conferences certainly do begin as early as tomorrow. And it's important to remember in these upcoming tournaments, guys, Understanding which conferences are going to be playing at neutral sites and which conferences are going to be playing at campus sites uh, and understanding when does that switch is the championship like who's got an advantage home court always in college hoops. We know this to be a fact. Uh, Obviously, home court always a uh, big edge for a team. And when you look at we'll start with the Atlantic Sun. When you've got teams like, and Jared mentioned it earlier, Liberty and North Florida, guys, it's, that starts tomorrow. And, you know, the Atlantic Sun is one of those where the, the rounds are going to be played at campus sites. So, obviously, the higher seed is going to be hosting. But, you know, this, isn't, this is one of those uh, nuances where you got to know if it's a neutral site or not. Just don't assume that it's being played at a home court or don't assume it's being played at a neutral location understand who has the home court and who doesn't, especially with these mid-major programs like the Atlantic Sun. And the Atlantic Sun, Joe, you, people, need to, people need to recognize Liberty, and they need yes. to recognize Liberty right now. And this is a Liberty team that beat Mississippi State in the 5-12 game last year. Obviously, they were the 12 uh, in the NCAA tournament. And they had a tough game against Virginia Tech that they, that they could have won. And this this was a couple of buckets. This Liberty team was a couple of buckets away from being a Sweet 16 team last year, and they have everybody back. Yep. And they are just yep. as good, if not better, this year. They are a top yep. 70 offense. They are a top 100 or top 70 defense, top 100 offense. They have seniors up and down the lineup. Richie McKay has done an incredible job as head coach of this team. Liberty's a dangerous team. They open up now. The Atlantic Sun is one of those tournaments that is a home court tournament. 
mm-hmm. looking at the schedule right now. The Atlantic Sun will play on home court. So that means Liberty, as the number one seed, will play on home court. That's and right. just keep an eye on the Flames. When you see them pop up in the bracket, now they will have to win probably this tournament in order to make it to the NCAA tournament. But let's assume that they do. Keep an eye on the Flames. I'm telling you, guys in the pit, roll on this right now. The Liberty Flames will be a problem for whoever they face in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Absolutely correct. Yeah, They absolutely will. And, again, it's one of those sleeper uh, teams and sleeper nope. programs in the country not getting a lot of love because it's the Atlantic 10. And, you know, North Florida, too, also going to be one of those teams that can be a giant pain in the ass for some people here. Uh, they can play some basketball, and they can shoot the basketball. So definitely worth keeping an eye on that. The Big South is another conference. These are teams like Radford and mm. Winthrop uh, will be at the top of the uh, Big South. Uh, they, too, are getting ready tomorrow uh, to tip off with campus sites. Higher seeds are absolutely going to be getting, uh, are going to be getting preferential treatment there. And when you're talking about Radford and, and Winthrop, you're talking about two teams, again, in some of these conferences that can shoot the ball. So that, too, is getting ready to kick off tomorrow, as is uh, the Patriot League. That is another one of those, uh, or Horizon League, rather. Wright State, Northern Kentucky, we just saw them play again yep. over the weekend, didn't we? So th- another two teams that can absolutely bring it but the patriot league League, too colgate's really good american yeah yeah there's some i'll tell you this is a this is a fascinating week (laughs) fascinating week keep an eye on these teams yep army too is going to be it's it's amazing when you and there's going to be some there is going to be an opportunity here for some of these teams to really especially some bubble teams uh and these mid-major programs that can do themselves a lot of fun here do themselves a great service by getting, uh, you know, getting a key win and maybe even a conference tournament win. Uh, the Horizon League, by the way, that location is in Indianapolis. So that is a conference, and this is what we're talking That's about. That's good for Wright State. That's right. It's very good for Wright State. So this is one of those things where understand the brackets and when you're, uh, when you're who's playing where and why. So Indianapolis for Horizon League. Um, I can't wait. I mean, there are so many of these all throughout the week. The Missouri Valley, um, to me, isn't that where dark horses usually come from? The Mo yeah. Valley for over the years. I mean, it's just the way it has always been. That starts. That is in St. Louis. So that's another one of these uh, tournaments. Arch that's Madness, as they say. It really is. And <laughs> Belmont, Murray State, Ohio Valley. Yeah, keep an eye on Belmont. Murray State's a little down oh. this year, but Belmont's really good. Uh, yes. This is, you know, and. You know, don't pay, and, and obviously the, the, the early round games are not going to be as good. You're going to have these massive spreads with these really right. bad teams and these really good teams. So, yeah, keep an eye on the scores. But when you get to the conference tournament championship game, that is when you need to be glued in. You need to watch these teams. You need to make some notes. And, and, and I do this every year. So I will make a little spreadsheet or a little note, and I will put every conference in there, the, ma- the, the mid-major ones, not the major ones, and I will try to watch at least five to ten minutes of every conference championship game. And I will try to jot down some notes, some macro notes. This team likes right. to run. This team likes to play zone. This team likes to do this. Just so when I get to the NCAA tournament, 
I have like a little cliff notes of some of these mid-major teams that have won their conference tournaments. And I have yep. at least a little bit of an... Because let's be real, there's so many teams, it's hard to keep track of every one. But make a conference notebook and watch five to ten minutes. Bounce around on the weekend and watch some of these conference championship games. Make a couple of notes on Wright State. Put yep. a couple of notes on Liberty. What kind of personnel do they like to run? Do they like to play man? Do they play zone? Do they like to play fast? Do they like to play slow? Are they a three-point shooting team? Because that will help you come bracket time. And that, in my opinion, is the time to be a college basketball guru. Between now and April 1st, April 2nd, whenever the championship game is, you should be locked into these games every weekend, every night. Try to get a couple of notes on each team, and that will help you with your handicapping uh, in the tournament. Thursday this week, uh, of course, everyone's darling this year, San Diego State, guys. The Mountain West, that tournament will begin. And, of course, San Diego State... Uh, you know, cruising was the, uh, I think, one of the only undefeated teams left in the country there. They held out as long as they could. That starts on Wednesday. That is in Vegas. That is a tournament that is in Vegas. Now, I don't know that there's anybody in the Mountain West that can challenge. They didn't all year. I'm not sure that uh, anybody, this is one of these tournaments where San Diego State win the tournament. Go ahead and win the tournament. There will be a discussion as a possible number one seed, depending on what happens. But San Diego State, I win the Mountain West, put the doubters to uh, to rest, and we they should be just fine come seeding and come tournament time. And of course, maybe the best conference in the mid majors, or maybe all of it, is going to be what happens in the West Coast, where you have Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's getting ready to tee it up here, guys. That's Thursday. That too is at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Good week to be in that Vegas. That, to me, is going to be, holy crap, is that going to be a great <laughs> tournament there. I mean, you're talking about BYU having just B- BYU and uh, and Childs and company. That is one of the best shooting teams that we have seen in a long time. BYU is absolutely humming along. And, of course, everyone, lo- everyone knows Gonzaga. They're not hiding from anybody. Uh, but I got to tell you, boy, St. Mary's, BYU, and the Zags, how, the way they've uh, what they've accomplished this year and the players they have, this is going to be one hell of a tournament starting on Thursday in the West Coast. Yeah, great, a really good week to be in Vegas uh, with those two conference yeah. tournaments uh, kicking off there. Yep. Uh, what about I, your I, uh, Merrimack team there? I believe doesn't that start this week? That's, yeah, uh, now, I, I unfortunately, I didn't know that they were ineligible to go to the tournament this year, so that's unfortunate. So they can't yeah. go to the yeah. tournament, but they will play in the Northeast Conference. I, I actually... I don't think they're even eligible to play in the Northeast Conference Tournament, which is really sad. Oh, the NCAA, are. They, they are? Them and St. Francis are the top seeds. Okay, so they are well, eligible yeah. at least for that. That yep. That's good. At least they can play. Wouldn't that be something if they won the Conference Tournament and didn't go to the NCAA Tournament? Yeah, well, they're still going to one. I think they... They'll uh, go to the CIT the, or one of those. CIT. Yeah. Yeah. They had already accepted yeah. one, but it's part of that making the jump from you yeah. know, Division 2 to, to Division I understand one. it. It's just too bad because they could run the table and it, it'd be a fun story. Yes. Uh, to yes. see them in the NCAA tournament, but we all, but you know, Joey Gallo, uh, not Joey Callo, uh, like in my cousin Vinny, but Joey Gallo, uh, uh, doing a yes. very, doing a very good job yes. there at Mary Mac uh, in their first yes. season D one. I'm fascinated with the West Coast Conference. I, I, I think we, uh, I, I think we've talked a lot about those two teams out there and and how they kind of play off of each other. And BYU is starting to to pique my interest a little bit. There's two teams yes. this weekend that have kind of poked their head up over the last week that have given me a little bit of interest. BYU's one. Iowa's the other. I know they're a major team, but I don't know right. why. I just, I, I'm just i buying Luka Garza stock right now. 
uh, but man. but but back to back to the West Coast Conference and back to the Mountain West Conference. Actually, the Mountain West Conference, I could see I could see San Diego State losing in that conference tournament. I really yeah. could. They haven't played well the last week. They are so focused on the NCAA tournament. I don't think I it matters to them if they're a one or a two. In fact, I think it might be better off for them to be a two in the West than a Stay one West. in the Midwest. Right. So or one I, in the East. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I I I think I, I think I could see I could see a team like UNLV. Uh, knocking them off just like they did last week. I could see a team like Nevada knocking them off. They played them very close over the weekend. I think San Diego State is not a shoe-in to run the table there in Vegas this week. Gonzaga, I would be shocked if Zag if the Zags didn't win that West Coast Conference tournament. I think they are just light years ahead of everyone else on offense. Right. And I, I would be surprised if if someone gave them a run. I think they had their loss against BYU, and I think Gonzaga actually is the strong. If you were going to ask me, Gonzaga, San Diego State, which team has a better chance to win their conference tournament? Both are high, but I think Gonzaga is slightly higher. You also got to take note, guys, especially as these tournaments begin. Uh, and and Jared mentioned it when it comes to minutes and workload, bench minutes. Don't forget, a lot of these teams are going to be playing on back-to-back situations. And those that are usually fast-tempo, up-tempo, a lot of minutes means these kids, they, they're, they're sucking wind, guys, coming that second game or that third game. So Just like me careful. after five minutes on the IM court. Exactly. <laughs> me getting up, for instance, here. So just a note there. We'll take a look at the rest of the games tonight. Our picks next here on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. We'll dive into a couple more of these NBA games on the card here tonight. 11 uh, college basketball games, obviously uh, two big matchups that people are going to be watching. One in the ACC between uh, Duke and North Carolina State and the Big 12 between Texas Tech and Baylor. All eyes will be focused on them, as will the beginning of the mid-major conference tournaments that are starting uh, tomorrow. There are seven NBA games, and the big one is going to be the uh, Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Miami Heat in Miami. So we'll take a look at that game in a minute and just uh, kind of wrap up maybe a little strategy here as we get ready for, uh, you know, some of these mid-major conferences that are going to get ready to do battle here beginning tomorrow. I think it's important also to understand, Jared, that these mid-major Elite teams in these what are considered to be lesser conferences, shall we say, like, uh, you know, like what we've talked about here with the Zags and San Diego State. And, you know, these are teams that remained in the top 25 most of the year. They're elite, but they're in lesser quality than what, you know, the ACC, SEC, the big guys are. And what happens in these situations is the better teams, the elite teams are, are a hell of a lot less likely to go ahead and get caught napping or sleeping on these lesser opponents because they understand that they're they're in one of these one-bid leagues, like only the champion advances. So they understand, like, they need to win the tournament. They need to go ahead. 
and get themselves in, and they're not going to mess around. Some of the other upsets are going to be happening at these at-large conferences next week when the ACC and the SEC. But understand that these types of teams, many of these conferences are simply one-bid leagues. So if the champion wins, they advance. That's all that matters. So less likely to get some upsets early on in a few of these leagues. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of them. And, and again, that's why the Mountain West sticks out to me, Joe, because yep. San Diego State is in the tournament. And their seeding is pretty stable. So they might let their foot off the gas pedal just a little bit more uh, than, say, a Liberty that has to win out uh, in order to make it to the, to the NCAA tournament. So, so just be a little mindful with these first-round games, these second-round games. Check yep. the matchups. Make sure that these teams have played each other and what the scores were in the previous games and, and, and try to break down the matchups from that perspective. There are some teams that I could see letting their foot off the gas pedal early, San Diego State being certainly one of them. Yeah, there was also, guys, a, a rule change this year. Remember, the three-point line mm. was moved back this year. And what Ken Palm has showed us and what Ken Palm has taught us is that the offensive efficiency for teams is also down this yep. year. So, And there's got to be a correlation. I'm, I'm sorry, there is a correlation in today's basketball world where the three-point range moves back and efficiency goes down. That means it's probably smart of you, if you want to start somewhere, start understanding what teams can score in the paint mm -hmm. versus what teams don't. Uh, because some of those teams are going to look, you know, big numbers, flashy, but they're going to live and die by the three. And since that's been way less efficient over the course of the year than, let's say, teams who can bang in the paint and who can score points in the paint, I would keep an eye and understand who are those teams that can score inside and who aren't because that's going to be a big advantage in these matchups moving forward. Ken Palm's got this great stat, Joe, called offensive rebound percentage, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a stat that shows how many misses you get compared to how many misses the other team rebounds. Yep. And it, it's a fascinating number because it shows which teams are able to generate second-chance points. And in yes. college basketball, 40 minutes, 30-second shot clock, there's way fewer possessions. The totals are almost 100 points less most nights than NBA games. The second-chance points is another stat I look for in conference tournaments because, yep. the, you know, things get a little tighter. The shots, you know, the iron's a little more unkind. And, and, and getting another opportunity uh, and being able to, to, to generate uh, points off of your own misses I think is another right. fascinating statistic that I keep a very, very close eye on in March. And that goes hand in hand, guys, of course, with better foul shooting teams. Yes. When it comes down to the end, that's those that can, that's that have been really good versus those teams that don't. Those teams that don't, they tend to play to the under a little bit more. And oh, yeah, um, they tend to lose games when it means the most because they're only a 58, 59, 60% free throw shooting team. So when you combine those all, you can start to see a blueprint for a lot of these tournaments moving forward. And certainly the conference where some of the edges can be had, but just don't, if you're new to sports investing, guys, the idea is this is a marathon, what we consider to be March in college basketball. Uh, blowing your bankroll here in the, by Thursday this week for a couple <laughs> of conference tournaments that you know nothing about or you just think, like, slow down. I would much rather those that are new, Jared, to kind of, like you said, take some notes. Watch a, watch a lot, a, a little of a lot of these games. Get a feel for some of the teams you don't know. Look at the numbers like we just told you, some of these statistics, and say, all right, based upon that, then let me die. Do your work. Do your homework. Don't just, don't, don't be out of commission 
and I'm out of bankroll by Saturday, and I didn't even get until the big conferences yet. Don't do it. I know it's tempting. A lot of games going to be happening. Just slow your roll. Be smart. It's not about uh, you know quantity. It's about quality here. Yeah, you can see the you can see it on the screen right mm -hmm. there. I mean, I think uh, I, I I think the the top two are the two that I probably know the most about in terms of uh, teams that I've followed. Mm -hmm. I, the Atlantic's I've really followed Liberty a lot this year because of what they did last year. We all know what we. We all know what we're getting in the West Coast Conference uh, with uh, Gonzaga and BYU. The Mountain West Conference, I do think there's a chance for an upset there. The Horizon mm -hmm. League, it's really Northern Kentucky and Wright State. Uh, and, and, and the rest of the league is kind of underneath that. The Patriot League, I would expect Colgate to win. Northeast Conference is a little bit interesting. We talked about Merrimack in there. They're not going to go yep. to the NCAA tournament, but they could certainly cause uh, some havoc for, for whichever team will go to the NCAA tournament in that league. The Ohio yep. Valley's been uh, a little bit down this year uh, because, no, obviously, no uh, John Morant uh, on Murray State, but Belmont's still a very good team. And then we talked about the Missouri Valley uh, arch madness there. So, so, so there's some interesting conferences that start this week. Uh, but again, Joe said it right. Dip your toe in this week. Watch these conference right. championship games this weekend. Make some notes on some of these teams. Start to build your portfolio of knowledge. And that is what we try to give you on a daily basis is knowledge. And if you're watching these games and you're trying to make your own assumptions and make your own handicaps, you have to have something to go off of first. I would be willing yes. to bet that none of you have watched any of these conferences all season. That's okay. Yep. That's what we're here for. But don't just go crazy this week because you see, oh, it's a one versus an eight seed in a conference tournament. That means the one seed has to cover, right? Be a yeah, little exactly. bit mindful of that early on. Watch some of these games and lean on us to tell you well, this is a good spot, this is a bad spot. Watch and just you know enjoy the information. Don't necessarily put your money on it. Absolutely. And uh, all right, a couple of games that uh, in the NBA we didn't go over. The big game tonight, Milwaukee versus Miami. There's also Dallas, Chicago, and Indiana versus San Antonio. They're not on the board right now because there's still a lot of question marks regarding the health of some of the, the players here. Uh, we don't know if Middleton's going to be able to go for uh, the Milwaukee Bucks against Miami in Miami tonight. Of course, we don't know. Luka Doncic was held out yesterday uh, with a thumb injury, so he's still questionable for tonight. And we don't know if LaMarcus Aldridge is going to play. Uh, he's been doubtful for a while now uh, with the San Antonio Spurs at home. So no lines on the board. But obviously, when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, two of these teams that are going to be in the top four in the East, and uh, Miami has given Milwaukee some fits here, one of the only teams to be able to beat them yeah. in Milwaukee this year. So they're very two similar styles on offense. Um, the defense, however, from Miami has slipped a little bit. They're giving up 118 points a game here since the All-Star break. The Bucks are 9-2 against the spread in their last 11 overall. They're going, they're racing to 70. I don't see a whole lot of resistance there. They can win or not win as many games as they want on this schedule. This is an interesting matchup tonight, but they scored 133 points against OKC. Can Eric Spolster and company, the guys they went out and got were to, were to stop Giannis? Well, you're going to see him tonight at the AAA arena. I'm going to be very interested to see when this line comes out what it is, because this is what you guys made the moves for to stop him. Can they stop him tonight? Yeah, Iguodala is going to be a guy you want to put in that rotation. Jay Crowder. I mean, these are guys that have been added to the rotation that have certainly provided some depth for Miami. But, again, Tyler Hero being out certainly hurts. 
he was such a big uh, a, a windfall for this yep. team early on in the season. I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit hesitant to jump on the Miami train. Uh, I, I I I talked about how I just don't know defensively. Uh, if they can sustain themselves over what's been a really tough stretch for them. And they're a little younger in the backcourt with Nunn uh, and Robinson. And obviously they added Iguodala and Crowder. That makes them a little bit deeper, but it's going to take time for them to fit into the rotations. Eric Spolster is a great coach. I have full faith in him to be able to figure things out. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that bullish on the heat right now, Joe. Yeah, yeah. It, it, listen, I got to see what the number is. Yeah, um, it looks like it's probably... three, three and a half. I'm seeing some pop-ups uh, offshore three. It, it looks like it's going to be right around three. I think. Yeah. So and Middleton is he questionable? Yeah, Can that's he go? The do they need him? Yeah. That to me is a big thing. And then uh, I I do think Miami will be all hands on deck for this one as they need to kind of shore some things up here, making this push towards uh, towards April. So uh, interesting game tonight on the card. Dallas, of course, with Doncic and the thumb and. Uh, they, uh, you know, when you have another seven footer who can drop threes from all over the place, the top of the key, it's uh, it's very unique. Dallas can put up points with anyone on the road here. It would be very hard press unless it's some astronomical number with or without Doncic. Be very hard for me to back the Bulls in this one. Yeah, it looks like minus three and a half. And I'd say even without Doncic, I'll take I'll take the Mavs in this one. Chris Stapps yeah. Porzingis has been playing his best basketball of his career. Thirty eight points yep. uh, in that win the other night uh, or last night, I think, against the T-Wolves. And I, I, I've been impressed with Dallas. I'm not going to lie. I was off the, 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 the Porzingis bandwagon. I guess my Knicks fandom kind of kind of pushed me off of that train a little too early. Right. I've been impressed with Porzingis this season. Tim Hardaway Jr. has played well. Big injury, though. Jalen Brunson's injury hurts them down the stretch. I think that's going to start to take its toll when they start to play up in competition. But against the Bulls, they should be okay tonight. Play of the day here tonight for me. I'm going the over in the Duke, North Carolina State game. Where are you going, Jared? Give me the Hawks. 3-0-1 in their last four against the number as a home favorite. And they are favored tonight against the Grizzlies, who I think are hitting a wall. We'll have your recap again tomorrow here on the early line. Morning after is next. Good luck with your plays tonight. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Good luck. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.